Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fantasize Me, the podcast where I take characters real or imagined, and I fantasize them as D&D characters. I'm your host, Zach Katz, and today we are going to be fantasizing Loki. Now, I'm not talking about the Marvel Loki with his stupid handsome face and pretty eyes. (laughs) No. We are going to be fantasizing the mythological Loki, who is more... mm, I would say more evil, a lot less of a gray character. In some of the stories, he's seen helping the gods. In other stories, he's seen betraying them. But ultimately, he does fight against them during Ragnarok, the end of the world. So I'm just going to label him as evil. That's fine. So Loki, the god of trickery, god of mischief, he pretty much just spends his whole time shape-shifting and then sleeping with various people and or animals and or creatures. Uh, And pretty much doing whatever he wants. He does eventually get chained below the earth where a serpent drips venom into his eyes. But you can't be a jerk to the gods and not expect yourself to be imprisoned for all eternity getting your face eaten away by poison. You know, it's just, that's part of life. So let's look at background first for Loki. I was thinking maybe like noble because he is a god and has wealth, I guess. I I don't know if the gods really think about wealth, which is why we're not going to go with noble. Instead, I'm thinking charlatan. How perfect, the trickster god who changes his appearance and pulls harmless pranks like getting people killed. Charlatan is perfect. So as a charlatan, Loki is going to gain proficiency in deception and sleight of hand. Awesome. As well as proficiencies in disguise kits and forgery kits. So really good at disguising himself, really good at forging documents or whatever he needs for any situation. Now for race, our other god Zeus was an Asimar, but... They're very different gods. Zeus is this divine being who lives on Mount Olympus and is still kind of in the same realm as the mortals, obviously. Loki does not. Loki lives on Asgard, which is a whole other realm, whereas the humans live on Midgard. So I don't think Asimar is fitting. Instead, I'm going to go in a kind of opposite direction, where he is Asimar... Have I said where he is twice? That's fine. It's a good word. Where he is, Asimar are kind of these, you know, divine, lawful, celestial creatures. I'm going to go with Tiefling. Tieflings have infernal bloodlines. They look human. Uh, you know, sometimes they'll have horns and tails, have a purplish hue to their skin tone, which I think is fine because Loki is the son of frost giants, of Jotuns. So, you know, he's adopted. He's not gonna look like other Asimars. He's gonna be a tiefling. There are a lot of different sub-races of tieflings. They all do pretty much the same thing. Essentially, the ability scores might change based on the subrace, as well as one or two spells you might learn. So here, as a tiefling, Loki's going to have dark vision, so he can see in the dark. That's great. He also has hellish resistance, which gives him resistance to fire damage right off the bat. And he can speak, read, and write common and infernal. So two languages... And then the subrace, I was thinking Glacia, or Glacia. Don't know how to pronounce it. It's G-L-A-S-Y-A. And with this, the ability score improvements will be 1 to Dexterity and 2 to Charisma. And the ability that comes with it is called the Legacy of Malbolge. So Loki will know the Minor Illusion Cantrip automatically. And when he reaches 3rd level, he can cast the Disguise Self ability once with this trait. And he can do that every long rest. And then when he reaches 5th level, he can cast the Invisibility spell once with this trait. 
and regain the ability to do so when he finishes a long rest. Charisma will be his spellcasting ability for these spells. So the different sub-races will give you different ability score improvements, and then different cantrips and two spells, but they all have that same, you know a cantrip, you know a spell at third level, you know a spell at fifth level. So we're just gonna go with Glacia because that seems the most fitting. Minor Illusion, perfect. Disguise Self, oh my god, perfect. Invisibility, haha, <laughs> yeah, perfect. So <laughs> look at that, we nailed it in one. We are so incredible at this. So now that we have the background charlatan and the race, a Glacia tiefling, we are going to roll for stats. So we're going to take a six-sided die, roll it four times, drop the lowest number, add it together to get one stat. We're going to do that six times to get each of the six stats. So I rolled for Loki, and they're not great. None of the numbers are very good. Uh, okay, he got a 10 9, 11, 14, 13, and 11. So the only positive modifiers he has is one plus two and one plus one. And then he has a negative one anyway. But you, you gotta work with what you got. So we're just gonna give him a lot of ability score improvements. Don't know how many feats we're going to get to for Loki, but that's okay. We wanna make sure his stats are substantial. So now let's put his stats where we think they should go. The highest stat I'm going to say is Charisma. So Loki's going to put that 14 into Charisma and because of the Glacia Tiefling, it's a plus two to it. So we're starting with 16 Charisma, which is a plus three and that's not bad. That's, that's pretty good. Start with a 16. Next highest is 13. I'm going to put that in dexterity to help with that stealth and sleight of hand. And because of the sub race, he's going to get plus one to dexterity. So that's a 14, which is a plus two. And now the other stats. Let's do 11 in constitution and wisdom. We're going to drop that 10 into intelligence. And we're just going to put that nine into strength. Usually you just want a high dexterity or a high strength if you're planning on, you know, using weapons or anything like that. Uh, in, in my opinion, dexterity is just a better stat overall than strength because it helps with initiative, usually helps with armor class, and it has a bunch of skills associated with it, like acrobatics, stealth, sleight of hand, whereas strength just has athletics. And that's pretty much all strength does. But, you know, to each their own. We're going to do 9 in strength, which is a negative 1. And remember, constitution, intelligence, and wisdom are 11, 10, 11, respectively, which are all plus 0 modifiers. So he's starting with a negative 1 modifier, 3 plus 0 modifiers, 1 plus 2 modifier, and 1 plus 3 modifier. So bad. Those are bad. Because of his zero constitution, he's not going to get any boost to health. Intelligence and wisdom have the most skills associated with them, and he's not going to gain a boost to any of those unless he's proficient. Oh, my boy. That's okay, though. That's He'll get stronger. So now that we have those, let's decide the class. Highest is Charisma, followed by Dexterity. We know Loki is very tricky, and luckily for us, there is an Arcane Trickster subclass for the Rogue. We're not going to do that, though. We're going to start with Sorcerer. I just think Arcane Trickster honestly doesn't seem like him. He doesn't use... In, in the stories, he doesn't use Stealth. He uses more, like, deception and changing his appearance, that kind of thing. And though I think rogues could be good, I'm going to go in a different direction and play more into the whole magic angle. And arcane tricksters just don't have enough magic. They're quarter casters, I think is what it's called. So they have very few spells and spell slots, which is still a lot of fun if you're being a rogue. It gives you a ton of versatility. But I think if this case, just being a sorcerer is going to give us all the versatility we need. And then maybe we'll multi-class into something later. So sorcerers do not have a lot of health. They have the lowest hit die tied with wizard. So they use a 1d6 for hit die. 
At first level, you have max health, which will be six plus his constitution modifier. Well, he does not have any constitution, so he's just going to have six hit points at first level. Pretty much none. Uh, You know, if he trips over something, he might die forever. So if you're playing him, just, you know, be careful. He's proficient in none armor, in daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaffs, and light crossbows, no tools, and saving throws in constitution and charisma. So constitution, he's going to have a plus two to those saving throws. At first level, your proficiency bonus is only plus two, and then plus five to charisma saving throws. So those are actually pretty decent. He's also going to get two skills from arcana, deception, insight, intimidation, persuasion, and religion. He's already proficient in deception because of his charlatan background. So I think we are going to go with insight and persuasion. Definitely persuasion. Insight or arcana? No, I'm going to go with insight because I feel like in order to be a good liar, you have to read your audience and insight is going to help with that. So he's proficient in deception, insight, persuasion, and sleight of hand. And then at first level, he's going to gain spellcasting. So he starts with four cantrips, has two spell slots of first level. His spellcasting ability is going to be charisma. So that's great. That's his highest. Look at that. So his spell attack bonus is going to be obviously his charisma plus his proficiency bonus, which is two. So plus five to spell attacks. And then his spell save DC is just eight plus your proficiency bonus, plus your charisma modifier, which is 13. Which, again, for first level, is good. That's that's fine. Also at first level, you choose your sorceress origin. So in some classes, you pick your subclass at first level, some of them is second level, and some of them are third level. None of them are past third level, so by third level, everyone's going to have a subclass. Now what sorcerer subclass just screams Loki? Well, I mentioned before how Loki is the child of Jotuns, which are frost giants from the realm of Jotunheim. And there happens to be a sorcerer subclass called Giant Soul, which means, you know, you're descended from giants. Look at that. That's perfect. I love this. So Giant Soul at first level, he's going to gain Jotun Resilience. So his hit point maximum increases by one and increases by one again whenever he gains a level in Sorcerer. So now his hit points to start are at seven, which is barely any better, but you know, he'll take what he can get at this point. He also gets Mark of the Ordning. So he has a giant type and he'll learn spells associated with his choice. The subtypes that we can choose are Cloud, Fire, Frost, Hill, Stone, and Storm. He's descended from Frost Giants, so we're going to go with Frost. Now, if we were doing like some metagaming here, we would probably go with Cloud, because that just seems more fitting to the whole aesthetic. But since we're just making the actual character Loki a D&D character, I feel like we have to go with Frost. It's not going to be especially helpful, I don't think. Cloud is definitely a much better fit, but that's that's the game, you know? Automatically, he learns the spells Armor of Agathist and Ray of Frost. So Ray of Frost is just another cantrip. Armor of Agathis is a pretty cool spell that sorcerers can't learn otherwise, where he'll gain temporary hit points. So that's going to be great for survivability. So if you'll remember, he can learn four cantrips as a sorcerer, he gets the Ray of Frost cantrip, and his race gives him the Minor Illusion cantrip. So he starts at first level with six cantrips, which is wild. Normally, sorcerers don't learn their sixth cantrip until 10th level, and that's just the full amount of cantrips they learn, is six. He knows them at level one, so he's going to have awesome versatility, a lot of different options for what he can do on his turn, in combat, outside of combat. He's going to have a lot of fun with it. And I feel like having fun is exactly what Loki is about. He pretty much does whatever he wants, like turning into a horse, so you can sleep with a horse, and then give birth to a horse. Yes, that is something he did. 
Uh, he was actually a mare and was impregnated by a stallion. So he was a lady horse and then gave birth to the eight-legged horse Sleipnir. And I'm pretty sure Sleipnir is the horse ridden by Odin, the all-father, Loki's kind of adopted father. So yeah, he's just up for whatever, and I think having a lot of cantrips is going to be part of that. Second level in Sorcerer, remember to give him an extra hit point because of his giant soul subclass. He gets Font of Magic. So we've done Sorcerers before, so you have Sorcery points equal to your level. So right now he has two. Or sorry, equal to his level in the Sorcerer class. So right now he's a second level Sorcerer, he has two Sorcery points. The only thing he can use them for at the moment is called flexible casting. So he can turn his sorcery points into spell slots or sacrifice spell slots to gain additional sorcery points. And there's a little chart included with that. First level spell slot costs two sorcery points, or you can convert a first level spell slot into two sorcery points. Second level spell slot equals three sorcery points. Third level spell slot is five sorcery points. 4th level spell slot is 6 sorcery points, and a 5th level spell slot is 7 sorcery points. And you can't create or convert a spell slot higher than 5th level. It takes a bonus action to convert spell slots to sorcery points, so just keep that in mind. I, I don't think I've had any players do that. Usually it's the other way around. They use sorcery points to get more spell slots. But always nice to have the option. 3rd level sorcerer, he's going to gain Meta magic. You gotta love meta magic. That is so fun. And I think really sets the sorcerers, which are just full magical casters, apart from wizards, which are also just full magical casters. I don't know why I'm saying magical casters as if there's another kind of caster in this game. It's all magic. Well, I guess it could be. No, no, it's all magic. I was thinking like holy magic and nature magic, but that's magic. So bunch of options here. I am going to go with Subtle Spell. So when he casts a spell, he can spend one sorcery point to cast it without any somatic or verbal components. So what that means is somatic components, you have to wave your hands or use physical gestures. Verbal components, obviously you have to speak something to cast the spell. With Subtle Spell, you don't need any of that. So you can just quietly cast a spell whilst undetected. And that's perfect for this trickster god who can just be in a room full of people casting magic with no one noticing. I'm also going to choose Distant Spell. So when Loki casts a spell that has a range of 5 or greater, he can spend one sorcery point to double the range of the spell. And when he casts a spell that has a range of touch, he can spend one sorcery point to make the range of the spell 30 feet. So that's awesome, because now he can cast his Minor Illusion even further away. Same with Charm Person, Silent Image, Sleep. He can just cast Sleep over real awesome distances, and now he can do it with this subtle spell without anyone noticing, and he can just put a bunch of people to sleep. That's a lot of fun. So neither of those are really my go-tos. Usually Empowered Spell is a really good one, and Heightened Spell Empowered spell will increase your damage. Heightened spell will give a target a uh, disadvantage on the saving throw made against your spell. But I think for Loki, distant spell and subtle spell are much more his speed. So now that we have those, we are going to go to fourth level to get that ability score improvement. Let's... Uh, nothing is good. <sighs> Well, let's at least keep him charismatic. We're going to bump that charisma up to an 18, which is a plus four. That's nice. Now his deception will go up, uh, his persuasion, his saving throws, his spell attack bonus, his spell save DC. So a bunch of things are boosted when we raise charisma. Now at fifth level, we are going to multi-class. Into what, you ask? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you. We are going to multi-class into Bard, surprising nobody. I think he has a high charisma, which is Bard's spellcasting modifier also, and that's pretty much all he has. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't give us much versatility. His dexterity is only a plus two, so I, I, I don't think going to a martial class would really be smart, especially with the 
plus zero to constitution, he has very little health. So I think just continuing on with powerful magics is what's that's what'll be best for him. Bards, thankfully, use a d8 for their hit dice, so he'll have a little bit more health as a bard. He'll also gain proficiencies in light armor, which will definitely help. Uh, now, you know, his armor class, without any armor, your armor class is 10 plus your dexterity modifier. Now at least he can get, like, some leather armor, which is 11 plus your dexterity modifier. So look at that. His armor class may or may not go up by one. I love that. He's also going to gain a skill proficiency of his choice for multi-classing, so I'm just going to go with performance because I think that makes sense. As a first level bard, he's going to gain bardic inspiration. So as a bonus action on Loki's turn, he can choose one creature other than himself within 60 feet of you that can hear you, and that creature will gain one bardic inspiration die, which currently is a d6. And then within the next 10 minutes, the creature can roll the die and add the number rolled to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw that it makes. So that's pretty awesome. Now he has a bonus action that he can use to help his allies. I think I mentioned up top, Loki sometimes helped his allies. Usually it was so that they would stop suspecting him of things like, oh, well, Loki helped us do that one thing. Surely he won't betray us. And then he does all the time. I, I just, like, okay. So I know it's very obvious to us that Loki is a trickster god. Was it not obvious to them? Like, he kept just... He, he, uh, he just kept doing all of these mischievous things and effing with everyone constantly. But they're all like, oh no, it's, you know, it's probably fine. It's just Loki being Loki. He's not evil. Uh, and then he ended up killing the god Baldur, uh, not directly, but his machinations caused the death of the god Baldur. And even, okay, okay, so he kills this god, and everyone's like, who killed this god? And then Odin is like, no, this is a mistake, Baldur wasn't meant to be killed. I'm gonna talk to Hel, which is the being who presides over the underworld, who's also the daughter of Loki. Let me let me take a moment inside this moment to say Loki is the father of Hel, the goddess of the underworld. Red flag, right? Anyway, Odin goes to Hel and he's like, hey, Baldur's dead by accident, give him back. And Hel is like, yeah, sure, totally. If everyone mourns him, ev everyone needs to cry one tear for Baldur and I will let him go. And Odin's like, sick, everyone loves Baldur, easy peasy, living breezy. He goes to everyone, he's like, hey, you'll need to cry. And they're like, huh, yeah, we're super sad anyway, let's do it. Everyone cries, except this one woman, uh, Thok? Thok? I don't know how to pronounce it. And this woman's like, no, I refuse to cry. So Hell is like, mm, sorry about that, but I'm gonna keep Baldur then because you failed, and Odin's like, wow, that sucks. And then it's like, oh wait, this Thok person is Loki. The, he, he killed, okay, listen to this conspiracy of Loki's. He killed Baldur. His daughter was like, yeah, totally, I'll give him back if everyone cries. And then Loki disguised as an old woman, is like, no, I'm not gonna cry. So Baldur remained dead. This freaking guy. Ugh. Like, eventually, Loki is bound, and the goddess Scotty places a serpent above him that drips venom into his eyes. So, like, I guess that's fair. Although, also, he fathered Fenrir, the wolf that is meant to kill Odin, and the serpent Jormungandr, who is meant to kill Thor. I, I'm seeing only red flags, but everyone else just seemed like, you know what? He's got that devilish smile, though. Look at him. He's just, he's being all cute. You can't help it. Just, just love having him around. He's fun. You know, he's fun and whimsical, and sometimes he turns into, like, fish or some shit. I don't know. 
I went off on that real big tangent and I forget where we are. Bard. Yes, okay. Bard. How did I get onto Boulder? Oh, doesn't matter. Okay. Level one Bard, Bardic Inspiration. Yes. So he has Bardic Inspiration die equal to his Charisma modifier, which we just boosted. So now he has four of these D6s that he can use as a bonus action to met out to his allies. And he also has spellcasting, so he's going to learn two bard cantrips. So now he's got eight cantrips, truly an obscene amount. Second level in bard, he's going to get jack of all trades. So this is going to give him half his proficiency bonus rounded down to any ability check he makes that doesn't already include his proficiency bonus. So this is such an insane ability because eventually the highest your proficiency bonus can be is six. So half of that is three. He's going to add that to any ability check he makes that he's not proficient in. That's awesome. That's so cool. Right now, that means he just gets plus one to everything that he's not proficient in. Second level, he also gets Song of Rest. So you can use soothing music or oration to help revitalize your wounded allies during a short rest. I imagine him weaving tales for his comrades, uh, probably tales of his bragging or tales meant to trick them. So Loki and any friendly creatures that can hear his performance regain hit points by spending hit dice at the end of the short rest. And then each of those creatures are going to regain an additional 1d6 hit points. So pretty much at a short rest, you spend hit dice to regain health. Now they can roll an additional d6. So it's not a ton, but I think it can definitely be helpful. Seventh level, we're going to go third in Bard, and he is going to gain expertise. Anyone who listens to the show knows I love expertise. It's so good. So what expertise is, is you choose one of your skill proficiencies and then double your proficiency bonus for it. That's so awesome. He's going to get two skills that he can have expertise in. I am going to choose deception and persuasion. I think he's going to be really good at lying to try to get out of things, and if he's caught, he's got to be really good at persuasion to get out of things, because clearly he was good at both of those. If he could do all the terrible things he did, and everyone was like, ah, oh, Loki, you old so-and-so. So at 5th level, his proficiency bonus went up to plus 3. He's 7th level now, so his charisma is plus 4. Proficiency bonus is plus 3, but since it's doubled, he's now going to have plus 10 to deception and persuasion. Great at lying, great at convincing, perfect for a trickster. He's also now going to get his subclass. So I think what makes the most sense is the College of Whispers. So College of Whisper bards typically use their magic and their oration to kind of coax secrets out of people, uh, maybe use some veiled threats through their words. They usually rarely reveal their true nature, which, I mean, I think Loki reveals it all the time, but he's just so persuasive and deceptive that he can keep getting away with it. So when he joins this college, he's going to gain the Psychic Blades ability. So when he hits a creature with a weapon attack, he can expend one use of his Bardic Inspiration to deal an extra 2d6 psychic damage to that target. And that can only be once per round on his turn. So I don't know how many weapon attacks he's going to be making, but now he can deal some more damage. He also gets Words of Terror. So he learned to infuse innocent-seeming words with an insidious magic that can inspire terror. If he speaks to a humanoid alone for at least one minute, he can attempt to seed paranoia in their mind. At the end of the conversation, the target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC, which is currently 15, or be frightened of you or another creature of your choice. And the target is frightened in this way for one hour, until it is attacked or damaged, or until it witnesses its allies being attacked or damaged. If the target happens to succeed on that saving throw, they have no hint that you tried to frighten it. 
And this Words of Terror ability can be used once per short or long rest. So what I really like about that is the wording that the target will be frightened of you or another creature of your choice. I think Loki can have a lot of fun with that going to like Thor and being like, hey, listen to this story and using words of terror to instill him with fear of like, I don't know, a small child so that this mighty thunderer Thor is just terrified of a small child. That's just one instance of how I think he'll use it. But also I like that the target has no hint that you tried to frighten it. With a lot of charms like charm person, the target will know that you tried to charm them. With this, even if you fail, hey, they don't know. You're just so good at instilling terror that they think you were just telling them a story. We're gonna go fourth level in Bard, so eighth level overall. And he is going to get another ability score improvement. I'm thinking we just max out that charisma. Now that he's using it for his sorcerer class and his bard class, and the spells that he got from his race also use charisma. So at this point, he has the full abilities granted to him by his subrace. He knows the minor illusion cantrip. At third level, he learned disguise self. And at fifth level, he learned invisibility. Now I say learned, but it says when you reach third level, you can cast the disguise self spell once with this trait. And fifth level, it says you can cast the invisibility spell once with this trait. So I think technically he doesn't know the Disguise Self and Invisibility spells. He can just use them once per long rest. But if I had a player, I would just say, yeah, it's fine. You can know it. It's, I, I think it's fine. Remember, if it's not going to break the game, just go for it. Usually it, they'll, they'll appreciate it and maybe have more fun. And that's all D&D is about, just having fun with your players and definitely not sitting them down for two hours of psychological torment at a time. Definitely not that. So look at that. We've maxed out charisma, beauteous charisma. I think we're going to go, I think we're going to go fifth level in Bard as well, or sorry, uh, ninth level overall, he's going to become a fifth level Bard. So now his Bardic Inspiration die changes from a D6 to a D8. So that is awesome. And because we raised his charisma, he now has the maximum amount, five Bardic Inspiration die. And he also gains Font of Inspiration. So now Loki will regain all of his expended uses of Bardic Inspiration when he finishes a short or long rest. Previously, he only got them back on a long rest. Now it is a short or long rest. Also, the damage of his psychic blades increases. Again, don't know how many weapon attacks he's going to be making, but now the damage is boosted to an extra 3d6 psychic damage. And then we are going to go 10th level in Bard. I think this might be the last one for Bard. Mm, yeah, last level for Bard. Sixth level, he's going to gain Counter Charm. So as an action, Loki can start a performance that lasts until the end of his next turn. And during that time, Loki and any friendly creatures within 30 feet of him will have advantage on saving throws against being frightened or charmed. Creature must be able to hear you to gain this benefit. The performance ends early if you're incapacitated or silenced, or if you voluntarily end it with no action required. So I kind of like the idea of Loki thinking, hey, no one can charm these idiots except for me. I'm going to counter charm you and then proceed to charm them because I can. Because he kind of sucks, but you know, you gotta love him anyway. You definitely don't, but I do? He's an interesting character for sure. He's also going to get another Bard College feature from the College of Whispers. This one is called the Mantle of Whispers. And this is pretty much why I wanted to give him the College of Whispers subclass. He gets the ability Mantle of Whispers, so he gains the ability to adopt a humanoid's persona. When a humanoid dies within 30 feet of Loki, he can magically capture its shadow using your reaction, and he's going to retain the shadow until he uses it or he finishes a long rest. You can use the shadow as an action, and when Loki does so, it vanishes, magically transforming into a disguise that appears on him. He will now look like the dead person, but healthy and alive and the disguise lasts for one hour until you end it as a bonus action. 
while you're in disguise, you gain access to all information that the humanoid would freely share with a casual acquaintance. So such information could include general details on its background, its personal life, but that won't include secrets. It's just enough information so that you can pass yourself off as the person by drawing on their memories. Another creature can see through the disguise by succeeding on an insight check, contested by a deception check. And you gain a plus five bonus to that check. So remember, he has expertise in deception. He has maxed out charisma. And at ninth level, his proficiency bonus went up to plus four. So now he has plus 13 to deception. And with the plus five from the Mantle of Whispers, he's going to have a plus 18 on this specific check. Really, the only way he can fail is if he gets a natural one, which is an automatic fail. Once he captures a shadow with this feature, he can't capture another one until he finishes a short or long rest. So this is awesome. He can just murder someone, stone cold kill them, and then just steal their appearance and walk around as them, which is one of the most low-key things I think I've ever heard is murdering someone, or more likely convincing someone to murder someone, and then just snatching their form, snatching their face, and wearing it over your own. Like some freaky Hannibal Lecter shit. Ooh, I should do Hannibal Lecter. Another time. So now I think we've juiced Bard for all we're going to. We've gotten all of that sweet barred water out of this. That was nothing. Ignore all that. And we're going to jump back into Sorcerer. So we left off as a 4th level Sorcerer. So now as an 11th level character, we are going to go 5th level in Sorcerer. So 5th level in Sorcerer, he doesn't gain really anything. But now he can learn 3rd level Sorcerer spells. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know that when you multi-class, your spell slots might increase at the same rate, which they would because sorcerers and bards are both full casters. But you can't learn spells for these higher spell slots unless you're strong enough in that class. So even though Loki has had third level spell slots for a while, he hasn't been able to learn third level sorcery spells until he reached fifth level as a sorcerer. So he's still going to have all the spell slots under the sun. He just isn't going to be able to learn, you know, uh, ninth level spells. Still use the ninth level spell slot for upcasting, though. At sixth level in Sorcerer, he is going to gain another Sorceress Origin feature. Remember, Sorceress Origin is the name of the Sorcerer subclass. So for the Giant Soul subclass, he gains what's called the Soul of Lost Ostoria. This is a benefit he gains whenever he casts one of the spells granted by his Mark of the Ordning, and this benefit only applies to those spells. So if you take a look at his Frost Giant spells, at first level he learned Armor of Agathis and Ray of Frost, and now at third level he learned Hold Person. So whenever he casts Armor of Agathis, Ray of Frost, or Hold Person, he's going to gain temporary hit points equal to his Constitution modifier. Which is nothing. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, it says if the spell is Armor of Agathis, which already gives him temporary hit points, this Frost benefit is added to the temporary hit points it already gives. So normally temporary hit points don't stack. You just have one amount. So say you have 10 temporary hit points and you cast a spell to gain 5 temporary hit points, you would just keep the highest amount of temporary hit points. With this, he would add those temporary hit points to Armor of Agathis, but his constitution modifier is plus 0, so this doesn't really do much. Fortunately, it says that he'll gain a minimum of 1. So whenever he casts Armor of Agathis, Ray of Frost, or Hold Person, he gains one additional temporary hit point. Which isn't which is bad. <laughs> which is which is not very good. Oh, Loki, you're killing me. That's okay. I love you like a son. So now we're just going to advance Sorcerer to the end. Seventh level Sorcerer, 13th overall. He's just gonna gain access to those fourth level spells. 
8th level in Sorcerer, he's going to gain an Ability Score Improvement. He already has maxed out Charisma, so I think... Uh, I guess we should increase his Constitution just to give him a little bit more health. So we're going to bump the Constitution up to 12. And since we only used one point, we have another one to spare. So let's improve Wisdom as well. Wisdom and Constitution were both at 11. Now they are both at 12, which is a plus one. So your hit points are your hit die plus your constitution modifier. And now that it's gone up, he's going to retroactively gain 13 hit points. Or sorry, 14 hit points now. He's level eight in Sorcerer and six in Bard. So, all right, he's got some hit points. That's fine. And with his wisdom increased, a bunch of his skill proficiencies are going to go up one as well. You love to see that. 15th level, which is 9th in Sorcerer, he's going to gain access to 5th level spells. 16th level, or 10th in Sorcerer, he's just going to gain an additional metamagic option. So for this one, we already gave Subtle Spell and Distant Spell. So let's give Extended Spell. So when you cast a spell that has a duration of one minute or longer, you can spend one sorcery point to double its duration to a maximum duration of 24 hours. And the reason I think this is good for him is because spells like Charm Person last an hour, but with this they can last two hours, which will be helpful. Uh, also fun ones like Alter Self can last up to an hour, but now they can last two hours. So he can assume different forms, he can charm people, uh, he can, I don't know, cast detect thoughts <laughs> and double that time. So now he can detect thoughts for up to two minutes. His invisibility can now last for two hours. It's just, it's a good one to have if you use a lot of illusion and enchantment spells, which I think Loki will definitely do. I'm not sure how many damaging things he's going to have. Of course, he's got some in his back pocket, like Shadow Blade is a fun one, or even Vampiric Touch might be fitting. So now he has Subtle Spell, Distant Spell, and Extended Spell. 11th level in Sorcerer, 17th overall, he's going to gain access to 6th level Sorcerer spells. 12th level in Sorcerer, 18th overall, I think we're going to finally give him a feat. We could increase his constitution, or his dexterity, or his wisdom, or his intelligence. We, we, we could increase anything, except charisma, because that's already maxed. But honestly, I don't think it's necessary. I think pretty much all spellcasters need is okay dexterity to raise their armor class slightly, and just really high spellcasting ability. So all wizards really need is high intelligence. All druids really need is high wisdom. All bards and sorcerers really need is high charisma. And baby, he's got it. He's got that 20 charisma. He's got that plus five. So we are going to give him a feat now. And the feat that we are going to give him is actor. So this will increase his charisma score by one, but it's already maxed, so we won't worry about that. But now he'll have advantage on deception and performance checks while he's trying to pass himself off as a different person, which is perfect. Loki loves impersonating people. He got disguised self right off the bat from his race. He'll probably know alter self because of his College of Whispers bard subclass. He can become other person from his mantle of whispers. So I imagine Loki pretty much never looking like Loki, always just looking like someone else. So remember, he has expertise in deception. So with a six proficiency bonus doubled to 12 and plus five charisma, he's going to have a plus 17 to deception. That is the highest a skill can go without, you know, magical items or special class abilities. So when he's trying to pass himself off as a different person, he'll have advantage on those deception checks, which have a plus 17. And if he's using the Mantle of Whispers, remember he gets an additional five to that deception bonus. So he could be rolling deception with advantage and having a plus 22 to the roll. Obscene. It is not unrealistic for him to get 40 or higher with that role. Yeah. 
He'll also have advantage on performance checks. He's proficient in performance. So even without expertise, because he's proficient in it, he's still gonna have a plus 11 to performance and have advantage because the actor feat when he's trying to pass himself off as a different person. Plus 11 is not nearly as good as plus 17, I know. Still pretty awesome. Also, because the actor feat, Loki can now mimic the speech of another person or the sounds made by other creatures. He must have heard the person speaking or heard the creature make the sound for at least one minute. A successful insight check contested by your deception check allows a listener to determine that the effect is faked. But with that plus 17 deception, who's gonna know? No one, that's who. No one's gonna know that it's Loki who is secretly the horse wanting to get plowed. I shouldn't say that. Should I? Yeah, it's fine. That's what happened. 19th level, that is going to be 13th in Sorcerer. Uh, 13th level Sorcerer, he now has access to 7th level Sorcerer spells. So he already has 9th level spell slots, but the highest level spell he can learn is going to be 7th level, which is still really awesome, and he can cast 7th level spells in 8th or 9th level spell slots. He can even cast 1st through 6th level in those 8th or 9th level spell slots because of upcasting. That's awesome. 20th level, the very last level, we are going to go 14th in Sorcerer, and he is going to get another Sorceress Origin feature, the last one that he's going to get, obviously. So the last Sorceress Origin feature for Giant Soul is called Rage of the Fallen Astoria. So when Loki starts casting a Sorcerer spell on his turn and expends a spell slot to do so, he can increase his size by one category. And this increase lasts for one minute or if you die or are incapacitated. So essentially, when Loki starts casting a spell, he can just get big. You know, he can just grow and fully lean into his giant heritage. So until that one minute ends, his hit point and hit point maximum is going to increase by one per sorcerer level. So that means his hit points and hit point maximum will increase by 14. His reach increases by five feet. So it'll be easier for him to reach targets. His walking speed will increase by five feet, so he'll be a little faster. He'll now have advantage on strength checks and saving throws. And he's also going to gain a bonus equal to his constitution modifier to the damage rolls of your melee weapon attacks. So this feature can be used once per short or long rest. So it's not the best. Like the, this subclass can be really good and really fun, but it just... It didn't work out that way. His stats weren't high enough for his constitution to matter too much. And because we fully leaned into his high charisma and pretty much low everything else, he's not going to be making many weapon attacks. But if he does make a weapon attack, he's probably going to use dexterity to do it. So even with the plus two dexterity, because his proficiency bonus is plus six, he'll have a plus eight to the attack roll. Because his constitution is plus one, he'll gain a plus one to the damage, and he can use his bard ability Psychic Blades to do an additional 3d6 psychic damage. So what he could do is learn a cantrip like Booming Blade. So with this, you make a melee attack with a weapon against one creature within five feet of you, and on hit, they'll suffer the regular weapon attack damage, so that will be whatever weapon plus one because of the constitution modifier, plus potential 3d6 psychic damage from the College of Whispers, and the target will become sheathed in booming energy. So they'll take an additional 3d8 thunder damage from booming blade, and if they willingly move five feet or more before the start of your next turn, they'll take an additional 4d8 thunder damage. So depending on how you use him, Loki can deal a lot of of damage with a melee attack. I'm sure that would probably only be a last resort for him though, but maybe when he goes to Rage of Fallen Astoria, that might be why he's making melee attacks, because it's kind of like a it's kind of like his last option, kind of a Deus Ex Machina sort of thing where his health increases, he's faster, he's stronger. I don't know. But that's Loki! That's our guy! Look at him! He's beautiful. 
Loki, the god of mischief, the charlatan background, a Glacia tiefling race. He is a sixth level College of Whispers bard and a level 14 giant soul sorcerer. His stats are 9 strength, 14 dexterity, 12 constitution, 10 intelligence, 12 wisdom, and 20 charisma. Those have got to be the worst stats that we have ended with, but I'm pretty sure they were also the worst stats we've started with, so that makes sense. For proficiencies, he has a plus 17 in deception. He has a plus 7 to insight, a plus 11 to performance, a plus 17 to persuasion, and a plus 8 to sleight of hand. So super deceptive, super persuasive, he can just do whatever he wants and get away with it. For saving throws, we started with Sorcerer, so he has plus 7 to Constitution saving throws, and plus 11 to Charisma saving throws. Awesome! He can speak Common and Infernal, and he has the Actor feat to help him more readily pass as whomever he chooses to be. The difference between the mythological Loki and the kind of pop culture Loki that Tom Hiddleston plays is, I think, I think the mythological Loki was far more dangerous and more powerful. Also more evil, obviously, is the father of the ruler of hell, the wolf Fenrir and the serpent Jormungand that are probably pronouncing that wrong too, because words are hard. Uh, and also, you know, the Marvel movies gotta be like PG-13. Loki is a rated R being they'll sleep with whomever or whatever in whatever form they feel like. You want to shapeshift into a horse to get railed by a horse? Yeah, he's going to go for it. I can't imagine Tom Hiddleston doing that, nor do I want to. So that's Loki. We did it. That's another one under our belt, another god under our belt, Zeus and now Loki. Maybe I'll do Egyptian or Japanese or Chinese next, not sure. But thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at FantasizeMePod. Please, I am very funny. I'm the funniest person I know, and no one is reading my hilarious tweets about oranges. Email in character suggestions at FantasizeMePod at gmail.com. And again, thank you so much for listening. We'll do this again next week. Bye!